This is a moral call right here. This is not about politics. This is about morality. Health emergencies can't wait for us to have some theoretical debate about some better idea that will never, ever come to pass. We are behind every country pretty nearly in Europe in this matter of medical care for our citizens. I'm a physician. That means you have a right to come to my house and conscript me. It means you believe in slavery. I'm Benjamin Day. And I'm Stephanie Nakajima. And this is Medicare for All, the podcast for everybody who needs health care. Except for Michael Bloomberg. Mike Bloomberg. What did he do this time? <laughs> so, as you know, he's been running for president. Mm, uh, you don't say. <laughs> uh, I wish he'd run an ad or something so I I'd know. know he was there. <laughs> Elevate his profile a little bit. Um, yeah, and uh, the DNC has changed the rules so that he can participate in the next debate <laughs> um, without having as reaching reaching the threshold for donors um, that previous candidates had had to meet to attend the debates. Well, I'm glad we're making so, some provisions to, for billionaires because we haven't done enough for them yet in this country. Exactly. <laughs> we should exactly. really ease their way into the process. All right. I agree with uh, cutting Mike Bloomberg out of the Medicare for All coverage. I feel like um, usually <laughs> I think that it's a solidarity, solidaric policy that everybody should have it, you know, like in Scandinavian countries, whether rich or poor. But if you can buy your way into the Democratic debate stage, then you can buy your own damn health care. And besides, we're cutting at least one person out each week during the podcast. Exactly. So <laughs> someone's got to go. Um, so speaking of the primaries, as we are recording this, the Iowa caucus has just started today. So, I mean, it feels like this election has already been going on forever. In reality, the election is just now starting today as we're recording this. Um, you all will be listening to it uh, on Tuesday after the uh, caucuses were finished. Um, and if you are lucky enough to live in Iowa or one of these primary states, not only are you just drowned out, uh, submerged with advertisements from the candidates, but um, the Partnership for America's Healthcare Future which is the like Orwellian slash dystopian phrase that uh, dis that has come up, uh, they came up with uh, for the coalition that was created basically to defeat Medicare for all. So this is the health insurance uh, industry. This is pharma. This is the for-profit hospitals. This is a, the Chamber of Commerce. Um, all of the powers have aligned to try and undermine Medicare for all. And they are actually also spending hundreds of thousands of dollars running ads in the primary states. Um, and uh, we thought we would actually... Uh, take a, a short break from all these candidates and talking about the candidates running for office and like put a little bit of focus on the Partnership for America's Healthcare Future and how they're trying to undermine Medicare for All. Should we listen to this ad or? Sure. Okay. Uh, get ready to enjoy some good old fashioned advertising. We come from different walks of life. But we agree on one important thing. We don't want to be forced into a one-size-fits-all government insurance system. The politicians may call it Medicare for All, Medicare buy-in, or the public option. But they mean the same thing. Higher taxes or higher premiums, lower quality care. Politicians and bureaucrats in control of our health care? We can't afford one-size-fits-all plans. We need to fix what's broken, not start over. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> 
So, uh, what was your first take? That was like a lot of uh, uh, gobbledygook thrown at us in the span of 30 seconds. Every <laughs> single possible talking point smashed mm-hmm. um, into 30 seconds. Sometimes repeated two or three times. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't. You shouldn't. You should be afraid of one size fits all healthcare. That's right. I don't know if you've ever had it before. <laughs> it's like a ill-fitting sweater. <laughs> you know, when I lived in England, um, everyone basically does have the same healthcare, and it turns out the comprehensive healthcare fits every single person. Yeah. Regardless of your body size. <laughs> That's right. I mean, every single person has a body, so I kind of like the idea of one size fits all mm-hmm. health insurance. Now, the name of this ad, which you can see on YouTube, is called Same Thing. And actually what they're arguing, I think the main argument of the ad is that Medicare for All is the same exact thing as a Medicare buy-in and a public option. So why the hell are they running this in, in primary states like Iowa? And what's the point of, like, conflating those two, I wonder? Hmm. Any, any expansion of public health insurance uh, is perceived to be a threat, I think, which is a strategic mistake on their part, um, I think, because it, rather than co-opting um, <laughs> one of the more more corporate solutions, like a public option, they, they'd rather just go all in against any sort of reform, which I think is going to backfire on them. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've stated that one of their goals, the partnership's goals, is to keep Medicare for all and a public option off of the Democratic Party platform in 2020, which seems very unlikely, (laughs) given that every candidate on the stage is backing one of those two. Um, And I I guess it's confusing to me, like every debate, Medicare for all is the number one issue in the presidential, in the Democratic debate. And all and the the main thing they talk about is how different their health care plans are. Um, So people are just constantly exposed to the huge gap between a Medicare for all proposal and a, a, a public option buy-in. And these guys are like running ads swimming upstream, like trying to convince you that basically they're the same thing. Um, another thing that struck me in there, um, uh, I mean, do you think that this is gonna work? Like, are they trying to help one candidate win? Or what do you think the goal is ultimately of running these ads targeted at Democratic primary states? Yeah, whatever their plan is, um, it's not actually working at all because (laughs) the ads have not only failed to really make a dent in public Mm -hmm. opinion about single payer, but they've also failed to prevent uh, the more liberal candidates like Sanders and Warren from Mm -hmm. doing well in Iowa. In fact, fact, Sanders is surging right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And in 2016, Trump won Iowa 51 to 41. And if the polling today is correct, um, if, you know, we were in the general and Iowa was voting Mm -hmm. today, he'd win by a smaller margin against any Democratic candidate from, from, you know, the public option Democrats to the all out Medicare for all Democrats um, by only a six point spread um, went up against, you know, Sanders or Warren. Mm -hmm. Um, So what is the lesson here? Money can't buy you love. (laughs) They haven't won my love yet. Um, (laughs) I wonder, I mean, the other thing that's interesting is they're kind of, they're they're imposing the same, they're trying to punish certain candidates for running on these issues. Um, But they're imposing the same costs on candidates who support Medicare for all and a public option. Mm. So there's really no disincentive for, I think, Democrats to support Medicare for all. And it's also, I think, a lesson about how, you know, I think the Democrats who are pushing a public option... They're saying, hey, look, this more moderate choice, it's not going to 
get the full opposition of the healthcare industry, right? Um, we're just going to tinker around the edges. We're going to expand access a little bit. We're going to try and do things here and there to not make healthcare right, but to like expand coverage, uh, maybe make things a little less horrible. Um, but they are actually triggering the full opposition of the healthcare industry, the same exact uh, resources and money and messaging that a Medicare for All fight gets. Um, so the establishment is going to have to come up with another reason to right. <laughs> uh, attack single payer over a public option because uh, in terms of political feasibility, right. uh, I don't really see an advantage anymore. Exactly. This is gets to the core. The most common pushback we hear on Medicare for All is political feasibility, and that's like a reason to do a public option instead. It turns out that there's the same existential like crisis in the healthcare industry that and it, I mean, it's worth remembering the partnership is not just the health insurance industry. It's also pharma. It's also hospitals. It's also chambers of commerce. And all of these groups have agreed to fight a public option equally to fighting Medicare for all. So much so that they're running ads trying to convince you that they're the same exact thing, um, which is incredible to me. So next, we're going to look at a couple of ads that have been run also attacking Medicare for all. Um, again, I think premised on the notion that you can get something politically after going after Democrats for Medicare for All and or the public option. Same thing, if you didn't realize, Stephanie, same exact thing. <laughs> um, and uh, in this case, we're looking at two Senate races in Kansas and Michigan. Um, so in Michigan, uh, Senator Gary Peters is being attacked by this pack called Better Future Michigan, a right-wing pack. And in Kansas, uh, Barbara Bollier, the sitting U.S. senator, is being attached, attacked by a Republican uh, competitor who's running for her seat um, named Susan Wagle, who is the current uh, – and this is incredible to me. She's the current Senate president of the state Senate in Kansas. Um, and we're going to listen to her ad for, first because it is just almost unbelievable. Um, I'm, I'm so sad you can, we cannot give you guys the graphics of this and the visual imagery, but we'll try and describe it to you. So I'm going to play that now. It's called Socialized Medicine, also known as Medicare for All. The government decides what doctor you can see, when you can see a doctor. It's expensive, leads to long waits, and about as efficient as your local DMV. And this is the healthcare Warren, Sanders, AOC, and Barbara Bollier want to give you. Susan Wagle <laughs> has a better plan. My family, like many other families, has had our share of healthcare battles. Our battles have instilled in me a strong commitment to provide a healthcare system for all Americans. It's socialized medicine, which leads to long waits, poor care, lack of choice, and healthcare rationing is never the answer. See her plan at teamwaggle.com. I'm Susan Wagle, and I approve this message. <laughs> I love how the voiceover called it Team Waggle. <laughs> Even though she introduces herself as Waggle, I really want to join Team Waggle. I don't know why. So, what do you make of this ad that's been being run in, throughout Kansas? <laughs> It is unfortunate that you can't see the visuals because it is just straight up 1984. Mm -hmm. um, it starts as it's describing sort of the nightmare system of a single payer healthcare. Socialized it, medicine. That's or socialized, medicine. I'm sorry, socialized right. medicine. Um, you're basically in this underground Soviet era compound um, in this, you know, bread line or something. It's it's just extremely dramatic. It's like armed imagery. security guards, like yeah. policing 
this long, slow line of people shuffling along. Exactly. Think Muse, if you, if you know the band Muse cover art. Very much um, that sort of aesthetic. And then there's the dude who is uh, blindfolded, sort of groping forward blindly, walks through a door, and then walks up to a precipice, blindfolded, and then at the end of the video falls off the precipice. I'm not sure what the metaphor is there. Uh, it's supposed to be government controlling, but yet he is walking blindly and falling into a pit of despair or something. Um, so anyway, and really subtle music change there. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah that's nice, dramatic. Nice job, Team Waggle. Um, so uh, let's just let's plow through. Let's listen also to the Gary Peters attack ad, and then we can kind of take this all together and try and make sense of it all. Um, so here we go. This is the Better Future Michigan ad going after Gary Peters. Their ideas, extreme. Their policies, radical. And Gary Peters is falling right in line. Peters supports Medicare for all, siding with radical liberals. Gary Peters even supports the Green New Deal, killing millions of jobs, devastating Michigan's auto industry. He's so liberal, he's voted with his party 94% of the time. Call Gary Peters. Tell him to represent Michigan, not radical Washington liberals. Amazing. <laughs> I wonder how many times the word radical was used in that ad. Uh -huh. It was compulsive, <laughs> compulsive use of that word. I love how they assume that the the mainstream Democratic Party is is liberal. <laughs> <laughs> so you can measure someone's liberalness by how often they vote with their party. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, the one thing I appreciate about this ads compared to the partnership ones, they go really old school. It's like... Um, affiliating Medicare for all with the left and with socialism. Um, that's like the old school attack on Medicare for all, whereas the partnership is like trying to confuse Medicare for all with centrist ideas, mm -hmm. which is a confusing new development in our movement, I have to say. Um, so what do you make altogether of uh, why are they running these ads? I mean, is it going to make an impact, do you think, in these races? Well, that is interesting what you're talking mm -hmm. about with the uh, tie to socialism. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think Obama received more mm -hmm. of that than <laughs> almost any uh, president that we've seen. Mm -hmm. And yet he was reelected. And an know? immigrant, too. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Exactly. So I think the first takeaway is that socialism, I don't know if it's really going to work anymore. Um, mm -hmm. I don't I think I saw another poll the other day that showed that even when you mention that Bernie Sanders is a socialist, mm -hmm. um, it makes a very small dent in people's public perception of him. Uh -huh. um, and also, I think it says something about our messaging that, mm -hmm. you know, our messaging doesn't really matter, like whatever we say about it, whether it's single payer, whether it's Medicare for all, whether mm -hmm. it's socialized medicine, all that stuff, because um, I think that the opposition is going to frame mm -hmm. even if we were mm -hmm. fighting for a public option as socialism. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't get to decide whether our opposition calls us socialist or not. So Yeah. And I mean, that was like the big thing. I remember going into the Affordable Care Act fight. Um, Obama and, and sort of the uh, Democratic leadership made this calculated decision that, you know, if we push for Medicare for all now, we're just going to be characterized as socialists. We're going to be like seen as the left, as a takeover. Um, we'll pay, you know, all this costs. And then they decided instead to push for a public option and they were still characterized as socialists. Mm -hmm. um, so they paid exactly the same political price, mm -hmm. uh, just as we were talking about with this partnership ad, as if they had 
push for the thing that would actually solve our healthcare system, exactly. which would be the Medicare for all type system. The opposition isn't mm-hmm. going to go with your focus group tested messaging. Right. So you can just forget about that. This is the great thing about advertising is it, it's just basically lying. I mean, <laughs> I mean, everything we've listened to is just lying. And uh, both of these ad- Senate ads are kind of funny because they're trying to link um, these Democratic candidates who are actually kind of at the center, more center right of the Democratic Party. Uh, both of these two senators, uh, Bullier, I believe, is a former Republican who switched party affiliations mm-hmm. to run in Kansas. Um, and uh, to link them to like AOC and Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, um, this is like great free advertisements for ad- AOC all over the country. Exactly. She could run for national office at some point because everyone knows her name now. And what an <laughs> odd calculation to tie the most popular mm. politician in America, Bernie Sanders, right. with this <laughs> person who's not nearly as... As progressive or, you know, in our eyes, good as as Bernie. So there's there's one interesting twist to both of these ads that we haven't yet revealed that makes it truly bizarre and interesting. You know where I'm going with this? I think I know where you might be going. <laughs> so both of these senators who had attack ads run against them for supporting Medicare for All do not support Medicare for All. <laughs> Neither Gary Peters nor Barbara Bollier are on the the Sanders bill in the Senate. They haven't co-sponsored the bill. They have not been running on Medicare for all. They haven't expressed support anywhere for Medicare for all. So that is like the twist that makes these ads to me truly almost unfathomable. <laughs> like what is the going on here? What's the dynamic? It's also screwing up our campaigns. We're trying to flush out candidates' positions on Medicare for All. And that's why we're, you know, we've been doing this bird dogging campaign Mm -hmm. so that we get them on video saying, yes, I do support this bill or no, I do not support Mm -hmm. the bill. Although you could say in a way that it's helping the movement for Medicare for All in that all these candidates who are probably getting pressured by their constituents to support Medicare for All, I mean, something like 80 to 85 percent of Democrats support Medicare for All by most polling. Um, and it's still strongly popular among independents, usually upwards of 60 percent. And then shockingly, more than a third of Republicans even uh, support Medicare for all. So, you know, all of these senators are going to have intense pressure to support Medicare for all. Um, but now they're kind of paying the price for supporting Medicare for all, even if they don't. <laughs> I kind of feel I wonder if it's going to start changing their political calculations, if it's like, well, I'm already getting attacked for supporting this what's the reason not to at that point, right? It's probably just industry money, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think both our side and then the partnership side or the opposition side, Mm -hmm. they are both, we are both making a gamble that revealing, you know, that this person does support Medicare for all or this person does not Mm -hmm. support Medicare for all is going to help our cause. For us, we feel like Mm -hmm. making that reveal is going to cause pushback from their constituents to actually get on the bill, and they mm-hmm. feel like it's going to cost them politically. Um, and I think that uh, the polls really are with us here, right. that most mm-hmm. people do support Medicare for all. Um, I feel like we're the strategy is one that's going to work for us, but I don't know how well it's going to actually work for the opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of candidates will see that they're... Um, that the opposition is making this gamble on tying mm-hmm. them with Medicare for all. And that, I think, could impact, you know, how brave they feel about coming mm-hmm. out for Medicare for all. But ultimately, I think that this is a tactic that belongs in our court. Right. And this is like the big question is, does it help or hurt you to run on Medicare for all? And obviously, that's going to be different state to state, district to district. Um, but by and large, nationally, I think we've learned pretty quickly that 
you can run on this issue and win. And it's a populist position, um, which I think one of the big reasons for Donald Trump kind of winning nationally was that the Democratic Party really retreated from, I mean, populist is kind of a broad phrase that includes some terrible right wing populism and some Mm. progressive like everybody in type policies. Um, But I think, you know, the Democratic Party kind of leaned corporate for a bunch of years and has just been getting destroyed in elections across the country. Um, So, you know, I think we're finding over and over again that you can run on Medicare for all, even in kind of working class, more centrist. It's not an issue that polls that um, is like a left right issue all the time. Um, I mean, we have like I think half of the Blue Dog Caucus in Congress is on board the Medicare for all bill in the House. Um, And that's because they're, you know, fiscal conservatives and Medicare for all saves money. Um, So it's not a traditional left right thing, but there is a, a concerted attempt to make it look that way, to look like a left issue. And shore up support on the Republican side, because they must also see that Republicans, um, mm-hmm. when polled, actually support Medicare for all, um, either up to a slight majority or almost mm-hmm. a, a majority. So, Yeah, so this is super interesting. Um, and we're going to continue, you know, the elections have just started again. It feels like we've been doing it for a year now already. Uh, but the official primaries are actually rolling now. So we're going to track how Medicare for All is being used by the uh, how the opposition is trying to attack us. Um, and also we're going to try and follow like the breakthroughs in the movement. Um, elections are kind of a weird time for issue based organizing, for like social movement organizing. Um, it can either really bolster your work, but then sometimes it's like everyone is working on these cam- election campaigns, working for certain candidates, and it can like draw, like suck the energy out of efforts to like actually pass something and make a difference. Um, but a couple, I wanted to talk about a couple of wins in our movement. Um, in California, uh, we just had on January 27th, the very first meeting of the Healthy California for All Commission which I imagine no one has heard about anywhere because <laughs> the press doesn't cover stuff like this. Um, it was passed actually last year, 2019. Um, and I'm just going to read the, the mission statement of the commission. Um, it's a little weird, the mission statement, but it says the Healthy California for All Commission will work to develop a plan for advancing progress toward achieving a healthcare delivery system for California that provides coverage and access through a unified financing system. This is a run-on sentence, people, including <laughs> but not limited to a single a single payer financing system. That was all one sentence. It's not my fault. <laughs> I tripped over it. And then the end of it, it says the commission will prepare an initial report to the governor and legislature by July 2020, with a final report in February 2021. So basically, the goal here is: can you lay out a single payer plan for California? Um, and this was passed by Governor Newsom, enacted by Governor Newsom, who ran on Medicare for all. Um, and we have a California legislature that historically has also supported Medicare for all, but they get cold feet when it actually comes to doing it. So this is like their baby step to doing it a little bit further down the road. Um, uh, although, you know, they always, when they do single payer, it's never like just let's plan single payer. It's like single payer, but also show us some other options. Mm. Um, the, the part of the sentence here that really threw me was, a unified financing system, including but not limited to a single-payer financing system. What's a unified mm-hmm. financing system that's not <laughs> single-payer? Isn't that the same That thing? is a Zen riddle. That's the same exact thing. Unified but not single. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll see what the commission comes up with to, to fulfill the second part of that mandate. Um, 
But it's it's exciting because it's it's a breakthrough. Um, activists had to fight for and win the creation of this commission. Um, and, you know, the history in California is really interesting. Um, California's legislature has passed Medicare for all bills twice, um, both under Go- Governor Schwarzenegger, who terminated the <laughs> bill. He vetoed it twice in a row. Um, and then, of course, we've had a, a couple of, in a row, Democratic governors. And it was like, oh, shit, now we have to actually pass this thing. Um, so the legislature got a little bit of cold feet. Um, the commission, I think, is the compromise for now. Um, but California is so weird. I, I feel like we we probably would have had a single-payer plan passed in California years ago if they weren't California. <laughs> Meaning um, there's a weird law in the books there that if you have any law that increases taxes, you need a two-thirds majority in the House and the Senate. And this is why when we have a recession, California's finances just like swirl down the drain because they're incapable of raising new taxes to address like deficits and uh, downturns in the economy. Um, and then they have an, another weird thing, which is that everything go- ends up going to the ballot in California for reasons I don't entirely understand. Um, so there's a worry there that if you, even if you pass a Medicare for all bill in California, um, they think the healthcare industry will immediately run a ballot initiative to repeal it. Um, so I think the thinking is at some point it's probably going to take a ballot initiative to win Medicare for all, a, a proactive ballot initiative to, to pass Medicare for all in California. Um, so this commission might be like a, the first steps for developing that plan. So we'll keep an eye on that. But Yeah, that would be awesome. I think California is – it's sort of in an interesting position to do so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think um, based off the fact that um, they have, for example, already expanded mm-hmm. uh, public health insurance to uh, undocumented children yeah. back in 2016. That was a huge win. Yeah. Um, that was a really big win. Mm-hmm. And then they also expanded it to some undocumented adults, I think, uh, any undocumented adults 25 or under last year. So it seems to me that there's political consensus around, mm-hmm. a, you know, an everybody in, nobody out mm-hmm. sort of system that I think is rare maybe in other um, states. And I think that that's like a huge thing they have going for them mm-hmm. um, in terms of actually like passing a single pair that's going to work. Yeah. And uh, also we should mention Oregon. Um, Oregon's legislature and governor also signed into law um, assigned a law that would that creates a task force on universal health care. Um, it has the task force hasn't been created quite yet. Um, they're still um, appointing members and kind of going through the approval process of having all the members appointed. Um, but we'll keep an eye on that as well because it's a very similar setup. It's like design us a plan that we can then move forward through the legislature. Um, I feel like Oregon, California, New York are some of the states that are edging closer to pushing a Medicare for all plan. Um, and that is, you know, that's how Canada got universal health care, right? One province, Saskatchewan of all places, passed, you know, uh, kind of Medicare for all for hospitals, I think, first. And then other provinces copied it. And then they ended up adding physician care. Um, and eventually there was a national bill, but it kind of trickled its way upward, which actually many social breakthroughs in the U.S. work that way. Um, but we're going to have to win this at the national level eventually. Um, so I think we're going to wrap this up. This is our very first podcast. Yay! <laughs> so you can reach us if you have story ideas, if you have a win in the Medicare for All movement you want to tell us about at podcast at healthcarenow.org. That's healthcare, all one word, dash now.org. Our Twitter handle is at hcnow. And uh, you can also go to our website, healthcarenow.org. 
Yeah, and this week、uh, we actually held a webinar on why and how to bird dog your candidates for Congress、uh, and beyond. Uh, we held this webinar with the Center for Popular Democracy, which has been bird dogging candidates、um, for a really long time now, including on Medicare for All. Please check out the webinar. It's on the front page of healthcarenow.org, along with a complete guide for how to do your own bird dogging mission.、And、this is how you go out there and fuck shit up. Yeah, let's get it. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.